Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Living in Hope. I am your host, Cassie Barrett. So today I'm going to be sitting down with a now good friend that is really truly a extra bonus with doing these podcasts, right? Is I get to make so many cool friends now and get to be so many different people. But today I'm going to be sitting down with Josh Weidman and we're going to be talking about his book called The End of Anxiety. All right. So this book is something I picked up last month and I could not put it down. There's so much wisdom in there. And the best part is it's biblical wisdom. The best way to get through anything is through Christ. It has helped me so much with my anxiety. So I definitely wanted to get him on here and share his story and his book with all of you. If you deal with anxiety, I definitely highly suggest his book for sure. So this conversation is going to be wrapped around that, found his book, and he's going to share about his own life with anxiety, what that looks like for him. And I gained so much and I hope you guys gain so much as well. So let's go ahead and dive in. Hey, Josh. Well, welcome to my podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks, Cassie. Love to be here. Thank you so yes. much for having me. Yes, of course. We had a little bit of a fun trip here, getting this set up and ready to go. <laughs> the <laughs> enemy always... doesn't like good conversations. No, so, you know, he tries to so shut true. them down. But, it's yeah. so true, right? We had yeah. headphone issues, bike issues. Yeah. had to call my husband's friend to come over and help. But <laughs> you know what? It just got rid of all those nerves that maybe we had because got yeah, to know sure. each other pretty well in that right yep that's right <laughs> oh, it's great man. to be here but anyways i'm really excited because you wrote a book and i have it here in my hand the end of anxiety and when i read this i was like because oh, i go through my own anxiety as yeah. well i've pretty much dealt with it since i was a kid and yes. you know parenting and all sorts of being in ministry and everything anxiety can really flare up in a person's life and I think you yes. can relate because you're a pastor yourself so 100% um, yep. you understand yeah. the whole ministry aspect but I wish I could say I don't understand what you're talking about but it's, <laughs> it's a big part of my life so yes, yes I totally understand yes and you know yeah. I look at you know we're in 2021 here and there has been so much that I feel like so many people can relate to anxiety because so yeah. much has been happening in our world and yeah. all these new things. And I feel like maybe anxiety has grown a lot mm -hmm. more. Would you mm -hmm. would you say yourself that you are seeing that flare up yeah. more and more in people's lives? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, there, there's kind of one main institute in America that kind of keeps tabs on depression and anxiety. And they said that we had a 45% increase since the beginning of COVID. So I oh, think man. they're probably right from their statistical research, but forget it. research. I think everybody's talking about it more. Everybody feels more anxious. Yes. So definitely there has been a tick up in anxiety, both in Christians and in non-Christians. Absolutely. No, I believe that. Yeah. Um, but when I read your book, I was like, oh my goodness, this is such a huge help. It's just so perfect to help you through all stages. You reach so many different topics there um, cool. within this book. And I have pretty much every page drawn on here. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so I'm really That's excited great. to talk about this book with you. Good. And um, But I would love for you to introduce yourself. What does your for life sure. look like today? Yeah. 
That's who great. You are. Well, great. Well, thank you again. Yeah. So I'm married to Molly. We've been married for 12 years. We've dated uh, over 20, if you include marriage. So we dated a long time before we got married, oh, wow. which had its own anxieties with it, I suppose. You know, <laughs> right? she broke up with me six times, but hey, who's counting? Mm. I mean, I can't. <laughs> it was oh goodness! One of those <laughs> six times. <laughs> she, wasn't, wow. she wasn't sure she wanted to be married to a pastor, nor was yeah. I even sure that I wanted to be a pastor. But now we are <laughs> married, and we have five kids, and our sixth kid is coming in August. So life is very busy for us, but it's very, very sweet. So Wait, did you say six kids? Six, six? yes. This will be right there. There's anxiety right there, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And they're all under ten years old. So you can only imagine what life feels like in an in an evening at our house. It's crazy and it's chaotic, but it's also beautiful. Yeah, it's great. Do you guys have kids? I do. Yes, we do. We have two kids. Oh, great. Three-year-old and a six-year-old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you get it. Yeah. Yeah, So so they're right at the same ages of ours. Yes. My, one of my kids feels like four kids in a round. So, (laughs) so you have five kids. Perfect. (laughs) Yes. There we go. (laughs) You understand what I feel. So I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor of a church called Grace Chapel. It's located in Denver, Colorado, the South side of Denver. And I've been there as pastoring for the last six years, been in pastoral ministry altogether for about 15 years and been a biblical counselor for about 10 years. So, uh, it's, it's a full life. I've had the privilege of writing several books, but this last book that you're holding, that book Mm -hmm. has really been probably the most raw as I kind of opened up my own journey with anxiety for for the world to read about. But I also wanted to make it helpful, not just a memoir about here's the woes of pastoral life or a Christian who's dealing with anxiety, but I wanted it to be as helpful as it could possibly be. Mm -hmm. So I just came out last year and I see the Lord using it in a lot of people's lives. And what's been amazing is to hear other people like yourself in ministry say, thank you for writing something. Like finally we're acknowledging that even us, uh, those of us who are leading other people and shepherding other people, we're dealing with it just the same as everyone else. Yes, absolutely. So true. Oh man. Well, I know you have quite the stories to tell. I've heard, you know, you talk before on other podcasts and, um, and obviously from your book, I've been reading bits of what you know, anxiety has looked like in your life. So Mm -hmm. I would like for you to kind of open that up a bit for my listeners, share a little bit of that with them. Okay, great. Yeah, no problem. So I really started dealing with anxiety as a kid, but I don't know that I knew it was anxiety or I called Mm. it that. And to be honest, the Bible calls us, um, anxiety is only mentioned a few places, but the, the, often it's called worry uh, or the things related to worry. So uh, what what happened in my life as a kid is I was dealing with all sorts of worry, mostly unreasonable or imaginative worries. And I think that's true for most of us uh, most of the time. They're things that are made up in our head that aren't actually there, but they consume us. And I was consumed by worry about everything from burglars outside the window to weird things as my body changed and I grew up. I would just worry and fret over these things. And my mom was always quick to point out my worry in in a very gentle way. She's a very gentle woman and Mm. a biblical counselor herself. But she would say, you're just so consumed by worry. And she even said, you're kind of a worry wart, which is this hard (laughs) thing in your life that you can't quite get rid of. And I did, man, I struggled with it for years, but I managed it. I think the best that I could, my parents were 
faithful to help me do that. Then as I got into college, I went to Moody Bible Institute, dealt with some worry and anxiety while I was away, still keeping a very busy ministry life on top of my studies, and then took my first pastoral ministry and still was dealing with worry. So this mm. this has been something that I think has always been there. It wasn't until really I signed the contract for this book that I realized it was anxiety. And I probably started acknowledging that this had a mainstay on my life. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't realize how much real estate I had given it in my life. And it was as if God said, you're going to write a book on it, then you better deal with it in your own heart. And so I started. And what's funny is, Cassie, after I signed the contract for the book, then um, my worst year of anxiety came the following year. I signed wow. it in uh, December and then I ended up writing it the next year. And that was the yeah. worst year I would even say wow. of my life. Um, well, you said so, it like even yeah. before this interview, the enemy doesn't want good right. things like this to happen. Right? <laughs> right. So he was trying to cancel that out for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I dealt with anxiety on lots of things. I think some of it was related to ministry for sure. Some of it was related to people that hated me. I was reading Psalm five this morning in my quiet time, but it's Psalm five just talks about the enemy and camps around me. They want to destroy me. Lies come out of their mouth. Their, mm -hmm. their lips are flattery, but their mouth is an open grave. I mean, I dealt with a lot of people that just seem to hate me for um, some of my own sin, some of my own bad mm -hmm. decisions. And some of it, I, I think, was the tool of the enemy to come against me. We don't always know the causes of those that hated the psalmists, right? right. But we know that they right. felt hate. Right. And sometimes that's imaginary and sometimes it's real. But in my life, it felt a little bit of both. And so I dealt with that in a big way. And I made wow. some decisions in 2017 that were foolish and wrong. And that caused me then a few years later to have to deal with the consequences of that. Mm -hmm. And maybe we can get into that. I think anxiety mm -hmm. comes from several different sources. Yeah. But one of the things is anxiety can come from our own poor decisions um, and, uh, and those consequences. And I think that that's a way that the Lord refines us. You know, he yeah. calls us to repentance and he calls us to change. Right. So, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I actually kind of want to talk on that a little bit. What would you say are some of the biggest factors that you have seen being the cause of anxiety? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's a great question. I think there's several things. Uh, I think first, let's not discount that sometimes just in what I call our outer man, as Second Corinthians 4 talks about the, the physiological part of us, just our flesh. Mm -hmm. uh, I think sometimes we do have anxiety because we're, we're humans and our bodies go through things like adrenal fatigue or we have some things going on in just the chemistry of our mind and our body that can cause some kind of anxiety in our heart, imbalances. Yeah happen all the time in Absolutely. our outer man. And so I think that is part of it. Now, I'm not a doctor. I'm not one to speak on that. But I'm also going to acknowledge sometimes our bodies can just be out of whack. We need better mm -hmm. diet. We need doctor help. We yeah. need more exercise. So that's one source. But I don't mm -hmm. speak a lot on that. The other sources I... I think I, I know a little bit more and I see in scripture and I've experienced myself first would be that of relational anxiety. So mm -hmm. things go off the rail with relationships in our life and that can cause all sorts of panic in our hearts, yeah. worry about real things like losing a friend or losing a child um, or losing a marriage even. I mean, these are mm -hmm. things that we can have anxiety over and that's what I call relational yeah. anxiety. Mm. The third type of anxiety or cause of anxiety, I think, comes from circumstantial anxiety. So circumstances change. Uh, a pandemic happens. People lose their jobs. Income is cut. Or all of a sudden travel can't happen. You can't see people that we used to see. We're yeah. in a situation where circumstances have changed that are beyond our control 
and that can cause anxiety. Mm. But perhaps the fourth and maybe even the biggest area of anxiety is related to sin. I think we deal with anxiety in our life because of uh, sin. And I say sin generically because I can mean it two different ways. It can be our sin or it can be someone else's sin. Someone else can choose to sin and therefore we deal with the, the consequences of their sin. We are innocent, but their guilt causes us anxiety. And so now they're going through consequences of their own poor decisions and it's causing our life some havoc and some wrong emotions or bad emotions because we're having to deal with their sin. We also have to deal with our own sin, right? Right. And even when we repent, God does allow natural consequences to happen. And I think sometimes that natural consequence Mm. can be anxiety over a bad decision we made in the past. So those are kind of the four main ways, the body, relationships, circumstances, and sin. Mm -hmm. Those are kind of the more four main areas I see that we have anxiety from. Yeah. Wow. So you said as a kid, that's when you kind of, and it's kind of interesting to me because a lot of people I talk to who have anxiety, I kind of started as a kid. They were kind of, like you said, worry words. And I was definitely one of those kids. And I was talking to another guest who was on um, Molly Christensen and she talked about how she had that as a kid. And I see that in my kid. I'm like, oh, no, yes, please don't grow up with anxiety. Um, but what would you say are like as an adult, what are the things that you I mean, this might be a little bit of a personal question, but sure, go for it. What is the biggest thing you fight with? When it comes yeah. to your own anxiety, what are what is the factor yeah, sure. of yours? Oh, a hundred percent, it's fear of man, and, and mm. I think that's probably a lot of people's. But um, but but being vulnerable with you, I think that that's a hundred percent where my anxiety comes from. Uh, there might be little things here and there of other other fears that spike right. up, and usually those are they have good causes, right? Fear of something happening to my kids, and so they're away on a trip, or my ten year old oh, goes on his first time yes. with his friends, and I'm like, ah, fearful how that's going to go, whatever. Yeah. Those are, that's one percent of my fears. I bet you ninety nine to one hundred percent of my fear comes from what other people think and okay. how relationship happens. And I think what what we do as humans is we, we know our, our hearts are idol factories. They're constantly creating idols, things that we worship mm-hmm. other than God. And those things we worship other than God almost always can be tied to a person. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you were to say possessions, I, I, I long for possessions or riches. Well, why do you like, you, you might like that because of the comforts that come with them or whatever, but, but most of the time it's, you like the accolades that come with riches. Mm-hmm. You like the accolades that come with possessions, mm-hmm. which goes back to man. So I think yeah. most of the time we have anxiety over things related to people. And mm-hmm. for me, that is for sure true. And what's hard, and you get this because you're in ministry as well, you, we're in ministry to love on people, to serve people, or should we dare even say to be loved by people, right? We want them to love us enough to open their lives that we get to minister to them. Well, that can be a crazy trap for someone in ministry where you're, you're, you have this fear of man already, and yet you live to serve people Mm. as kind of like an occupation. So I battle Mm. that often and I have to keep that in balance. Yeah. Oh man. So would you say you're a people pleaser then? I'm a recovering people pleaser with (laughs) relapses all the time. (laughs) I have the power of the gospel that's helping me recover. But yes, I think I'm a recovering people pleaser. It's so true. (laughs) And I can relate so much to that because, you know, being in ministry, it's almost like you feel like 
you're setting up expectations for yourself that you feel like others are expecting from you. Yeah. But yep. in reality, nobody's really expecting that at all. Right. It's almost I like know. it's crazy. It's like all your fears about yourself, your insecurities, right? Yeah. Kind of come out within the ministry because you're like, okay, they're going to judge me for this. They're going to judge me. But nobody is. Yes, so it's just right. the devil putting those thoughts it in is. your mind. Right? Yeah, I want to share a passage because I think it'll yeah, it'll please. springboard into a little bit of a conversation there. But okay. that's that what you just said, Cassie, is exactly mm-hmm. Proverbs twenty eight verse okay. one. And Proverbs twenty eight verse one, let me get there real quick. Okay, um, is a passage I think we could probably all relate with, but we don't like to know admit that we could relate with it. <laughs> but but here's what it says: It says the wicked flee when no one is pursuing, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Mm-hmm. And this idea of um, what I'm going to call uncaused fleeing. It's it's we're running away when no one's pursuing us. Now it's mm. quaint, plain out calling that wickedness, right? Yeah. Uh, or sinfulness, and it it is because we're choosing to not trust God and rather run. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. even from God, but definitely Absolutely. from other people when no one's actually pursuing. And that <laughs> uh, that's so what you just said. It's these expectations we set up for ourselves. It's running and no one's chasing you. You know, right? And rather the righteous are as bold as a lion. Right? They don't yeah. they don't flee when no one's pursuing. But they oh, stay man. stay steadfast. Oh man, that's good. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. So, what has been the biggest thing that you feel like God has been teaching you? I mean, you just listed a whole bunch of things, but in your True. own anxiety, what has helped you the most? To yeah, know? that's great. Okay, that's great. Well, uh, to know, I mean, to answer that specifically, to mm-hmm. know who I am in Christ, the the greatest cure for anxiety is identity in Christ. And when we know who we are in Christ, it will begin to help us unravel the anxiety that so quickly grabs yes. our heart. Boom. Yes. So that that's <laughs> real, that's what you got to yes. know, right? Yes. Now, that's easy to say, but a life of pursuing that, it takes discipline. It takes studying God and knowing God and knowing Christ and then knowing who we are in light of who he is. Right. I mean, it take it takes daily discipline. This morning, for example, I mean, my alarm went off. I had to get my little rear out of bed. You know, I had to get down to the table and I had to read my Bible passages. And I I study every day trying to just pursue Christ and make sure that I know who he is and know myself, whether it feels good or not. So some of that takes discipline. And the more that we discipline ourselves, the more we will delight in that. And the more it won't be a duty, but rather a a true pursuit of Christ. And we realize this is who I am. I'm, I'm made in Christ. I want to be with Christ. I want to draw near to Christ. And as we draw near to him... I think two very natural outcomes of that is peace and confidence. Mm. And if you think about peace and confidence, those are really the antithesis of anxiety. But those only come when we draw near to the Lord. Yeah, that's so true. So, so that's the, the what we need to know. We could yeah. go more practical into what yeah. we do if you want, well, but I think yes. that's the, what we need well, to know. Well, I would actually like to know that, though, to yeah. what you do because— you know, you and I relate in the fact that, you know, we're kind of people pleasers and I have this image, you know, of myself of how I need to be. But yeah. in the reality, I don't have to be that. Yep, and, yep. you know, the expectations that I put on myself that I feel like others are putting on me, but they're not. You know, it's yep. that whole fearing man that you said. Yep, um, absolutely. So what would you suggest to me? What are some things sure. that you would tell me? 
Yeah, so I I think we have to come back to the the core uh, that that drives action, which is the, the core commandment we know from Christ, or even from God the Father in Deuteronomy six, but from Christ as well, is that we are to love God and to love others. So the main thing I have to do is whatever helps me love God and love others, not fear others. That's drastically different. But love God and love others. Sometimes I fear people, and that's actually unloving because yeah. I end up trying to please them or set up expectations that aren't really there. Yes, and I, I we end up in a world of hurt um, that we all could could probably put names and labels on. But I think what I have to do is I have to go, okay, if I, if I really want to love God and love others, I, I must make sure that I'm doing things that help me love him more. And in my book, I gave actually 51 actions, excuse me, I think it's like 48 actions. There's like three at the end of every chapter. Um, there is a list of 51 on our website, but yeah, I did, I did, uh, and those are for free. So somebody can go grab those at end of anxiety. I took all the things that are at the end of the, each chapter And those are things that I do to help with anxiety. And, and I should be clear, I don't prescribe these without first trying these. So I've done all of these. Um, And some of them are memorizing verses. Some of them are um, more reflective in nature. Some of them are discussion in nature. There's kind of six categories that they kind of fall in. So it's like discuss, act, read, memorize, pray. Um, So these different things are, are all in there. And those are things that I do. Uh, they're things that I, I discipline myself to do. So let's just use the example of the category of memorizing scripture. I'll memorize scripture um, not to be some knowledgeable encyclopedia of passages in my next small group study that I can just pull out. I do it to fight anxiety in my soul, right? Yeah, so all of a sudden yeah. I find myself, let's use Proverbs 28.1. Yeah. I walk into a meeting on Monday. This is all true story, right? I walk into a meeting on Monday. I, I'm nervous, I'm nervous of what they're going to think of me. I'm nervous about one gentleman specifically that I'm afraid I'm going to offend or let down. I could choose to be really cowardly and timid, which I think mm-hmm. the Bible speaks to directly and tells us not to be that. Yeah. But I could choose yeah. to flee or run um, even when I'm not being pursued, right? I'm, right. No one's pursuing, but I'm running. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I quote to myself Proverbs 28.1, the wicked flee when no one's pursuing, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. I'm mm-hmm. quoting that to myself as I walk into the meeting. I'm quoting that to myself even throughout the meeting. And, mm-hmm. and just the power of Scripture running over in my mind in the midst of a circumstance where anxiety could really grip me by the jugular, I'm yeah. finding Scripture calms my heart and mm-hmm. I can be more still. So it's, oh, wow. it's those types of disciplines and pursuit of God that yeah. help us fight anxiety in moments like hard beatings or hard conversations. Is that helpful? Yeah, absolutely. I love that because that is something I'm actually working hard on is memorizing scripture. Because I think, like you said, it's so important for ourselves to know that so we can fight the the evil, you know, who's trying to pursue us. But um, how, how do you do that? How do you memorize scripture so well? It's so hard. So I'll be honest with you. Uh, there's no, first of all, there's no points for style. So we should be yeah. really clear about that. Yeah, like, right. It isn't about how magical your mind is. Like there's no points for style on how you get it in your brain. Yeah. It's just a matter of getting it in your brain. I did read a little book on Kindle that was about how to scripture memory, how to do scripture memory. I found it helpful. I don't know mm-hmm. if I could even tell you the title, but it was just, it's probably <laughs> the only one out there. Not many people are writing books on how to memorize 
scripture. That's true. I, That's true. <laughs> so you just go look for that book. You'll probably find it. It's okay. probably one. But anyway, um, I, but I found that was helpful. I mean, it was just basically like you, you memorize a few words a day. So like four or five okay. words a day. And then you're kind of mm-hmm. going back and refreshing yourself. So I thought that was helpful. But to be honest, one of the one of the main things that helps me is to music. And so I will find a way to sing it or I'll find a, I'll find a song that has it. And most of those are for kids. But if you go, if you just go Google just about any, obviously the main popular verses on YouTube, you'll probably find some song that has it to it. And, uh, and I will listen to those. I mean, there's, there's this whole family worship thing. I think it's called seeds family worship, but all of their music is, uh, scripture. And so I've used that with my kids for family worship, but I'll be honest with you. Sometimes it's just me alone in my car and I'm listening to this little bebop (laughs) of some verse that I need. I can see that. Oh man. (laughs) That's how I get it in. Yeah. No points for style, right? I love that. I wish I could just tell you it's so sweet on a little card and I just get it the second time. Yeah, nope, yeah. Nope. nobody can kid do songs. that though. I mean, some people, but <laughs> yes. I'm definitely not one of those people who can write it down right. and then just instantly remember it. Yeah, yep. Okay, I love that. But there are two things that I'm really excited to okay. dive in with you um, that you wrote about yeah. in your book. You actually yeah. two core principles. Yeah. Um, and the first one is, um, I'm just going to read it from your book, actually, because it. it says it best. But okay. you say, there are two kinds of fear, fear mm-hmm. of God and fear of reasonable danger. Both yeah. types of fear demand that we cultivate awe for God that compels us to run to him, not away from him. I had a Bible study like months ago. One of the things was fearing God. And I feel like so many people don't understand what that is. And I myself, I don't know if I fully understand what those, those words mean, those two words, fearing God, because when you think of fear, it's like, why would I want to be scared of God? Right. That's what you first think of. So could you kind of break that down a little bit? What fearing God is? Totally. And I will be honest with you, Cassie, I think the English language fails us. It's a little bit hard to grasp fear because we have, we really only have this one fear for what the Bible is so much more equipped to explain in Hebrew and even in Greek, Hebrew especially. I mean, it's just more poetic. It's, they yeah. have different words for how, what it means to fear God. And we just have this one fear. Well, I, I have a fear of spiders, right? And now you're telling me <laughs> right. I'm supposed to fear God? Like, so yes. English fails us because it's yes. the same word, right? Yes. Now in Greek, I mean, the original language, sorry to geek out on that for a second, but I, in the original language, I mean, in Greek, it is still the word phobos, which is used in Acts specifically and, and other places. It is this idea where we get phobia from. It's this, mm. It's this awe and respect, right? So right. if you have like a phobia of spiders, let's say, there yeah. is this like, I'm scared to death of them, but I'm scared they're going to hurt me. I, I have almost like a, a wrong respect for spiders, but I have this respect. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want them to come anywhere near me. Uh, me, well, that, me <laughs> well, that's also, I mean, that is kind of biblically... Uh, captured a couple times in the Hebrew and in the Greek of it is this like, oh my goodness, I don't deserve to be anywhere near God. Like if he comes near me, I will die. And we see that very clearly in the Old Testament, both right. in narrative passages and in Psalms of if you come any more close, God, I'm, I'm going to be done. Like I'm to dust. I will, I will be dead. Uh, so there is this like r- respect of his wrath, respect of his righteousness that's okay. there in the word. And so that's a little bit 
bit true to our understanding of English. Right. But but what's what does what fails us in English is to realize that it's it is this deep awe, right? And it that's what's captured so well yes. in the the original language is this idea of I have this deep awe. And what I talk about in the book mm-hmm. is that the fear of God blots out all other fears in life. Yeah. And if we have a right awe of God, if we have a right view of him, then every other fear will seemingly diminish because yeah. we realize who he is, because we realize his power, because we realize his greatness. Mm. It's it's better. It, it blots out all other fear. Right. So that's what I got to a little bit there. And I would okay. even say that about the unreasonable fears. There's reasonable fears, as mentioned there in the quote right. you read, but but also unreasonable fears. Um uh, that my example in the book was about when the disciples were out on the Sea of Galilee and they, they said, it's a ghost. It's a ghost that's coming near us. Well, it wasn't a ghost, but they were afraid that it was a ghost. And yeah. literally in those times, they thought people that died in the water came back in their spirit form. And so here we even see the disciples almost buying this Greek mythology that the ghost of a dead person is now walking towards their boat. But once they realized it wasn't a ghost and that it was Jesus who was walking to them, it blotted out all their other fears, right? Mm. Once they saw God for who he was, it relieved all their other fears. In the book, do you say somewhere, I'm trying to remember, I wish I would have wrote it down, but don't you say something about how fear comes from God? Yeah, yeah, okay. I did. Could I did you talk, talk about that. on that yeah. a little bit? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yes. So, so uh, there, I'm going to categorize it in two different ways. Okay. I'm going to talk about right attitude fears and wrong attitude fears. Okay. Um, I love how organized you are. <laughs> <laughs> I well, love it. It's because I got to get my mind around <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Right? Right. So I think yes, God give God has created fear um, in our. He He's created our conscience to be able to feel fear. We have fear. So God has created this emotion, fear. He created everything. So he's created that. The right attitude fears is like a fear of God, uh, a respect for God, or we could use a respect for government like Romans 13 gets to, or respect for your spouse like Ephesians 5 gets to. Uh, He gave us, these are all coming from this idea of fear. There's also concern we see in scripture. There's caution in scripture. There's awe, like we already talked about in scripture. There's urgency, this this need for Lord save me now kind of thing. These are all right attitude fears. These Mm -hmm. are like, God, I need you. you. You're causing me to feel something. You've created me to feel something here. I need your help to feel this, whether it's respect for someone else or respect for God. The wrong attitude fears also are something that I think God has given to us and that we can feel in our conscience. He doesn't necessarily create these feelings, but he's created us to feel these feelings. And wrong attitude fears would be like fear of a false god. We see that in scripture. Um, They're fearing something that really they shouldn't be fearing. It's not true or worry. Uh, We mentioned earlier, God allows us to feel worry. Well, that's usually an alarm system saying something's going on. You know, you're lacking trust of God in this area that we feel things like intimidation. We feel things like timidity or cowardness or uh, panic. These are what I would call wrong attitude fears. Mm -hmm. They're still allowed for us to feel. God created us so that we could feel them. But we can't stay there. That's why I'm calling them wrong. We don't okay. stay in a state of panic. We don't stay yeah. in a state of timidity or being a coward. We, 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 we say, God, why do I feel this? 
um, yeah. and help me work through this so that I can be more like your son. Yes, so absolutely. that's just double clicking a little bit on what I said. There's the, the God did allow us to feel all sorts of fears, but what's right and wrong is what we do with them. It's either yeah. right, right attitude. We fear God and have better respect for him or we wrong attitude would be, I stay in fear and basically stay away from God or don't right. trust him entirely. Does, yeah. does that make sense yeah. or was it too confused? No, no was that's that, really good. Was okay? No, cool. I love that. I think it's really good to say like everyone should be asking those questions. Like I'm feeling this, but yep. why do I feel this? Right. You yes. Know? I think that's yes. so important too. And that's why prayer is so important. Yes. And I think that's another thing, like you mentioned, memorizing scripture. Absolutely. And another thing I'm learning um, from others is prayer and how important that is. Yes, yes, and absolutely. Because that's where you can really open up your feelings and really just pour out everything to God. Yeah. So yeah. I love that. You did a really good job explaining that. Okay, good. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> that makes sense. Good. So the next that's one good. I want to talk about is self-help mm-hmm. because, my goodness, that is something that, you know, if you're not turning to God, then other people are telling you to turn to yourself like you need to you need to be the higher person you need to be empowered and powerful and um you can do it you know all these things that you know are just coming from ourselves uh turning to ourselves which doesn't make any sense when you have god (laughs) in your life it's like no (laughs) (laughs) but i would love to talk a bit about that with you because you talk a tiny bit about that within um your book yeah, um, but why, in your opinion, why do you think that self-help doesn't work? Yeah, great question. Yeah, I did. I have a chapter in there called Let's Abandon the Self-Help Gospel. And it's why do I think it doesn't work? Well, because the end of me is much nearer to me than the end of God, right? There is no end right. of God, but the end of me is... I'm sure I could find that in about a day. I mean, my own yeah. strength can be depleted. My own wisdom can be depleted. Um, my own emotions are quickly depleted. So why would I find any help in myself? And so maybe let's zoom out from the term self-help for a second. Let's talk okay. about self-confidence and self-esteem. That's okay. usually where self-help theories come from. They yeah. say, well, you should have better self-confidence. You should realize that something is good in you to help you get through this anxiety or whatever it is that you're facing. Well, the, the whole reason I I probably got into the anxiety is because of myself, right? So right. now you want me to have so confidence true. in the thing that caused it? Like that yeah. doesn't, that just doesn't even make sense, right? Oh my goodness, and I yes. think actually self-confidence for Christians is a myth. I don't think we are to have self-confidence. Um, there are Christian books written about self-confidence, mm-hmm. but I don't think that, that we should have confidence in ourself. I don't, I don't think that exists. Christians are to have confidence in Christ alone, Absolutely. Uh, only in him. Matthew 11, when Jesus says, come to me, I'm gentle and lowly in heart. My yoke is easy. What he's really saying there is have confidence in me. You're going to find the end of yourself. So come to me and find confidence only in me. That's one of many passages that call for Christ confidence, not self-confidence. And the same thing is true with self-esteem. So if we think self-help, that that means if I have something good in me that I think can help me through this, um, mm. which means you'd have to have enough self-esteem. Your esteem means to give a credit to something in yourself that you right. think can get you through this. Well, I don't think we're called to have self-esteem. We're called to have Christ-esteem. We esteem Christ. He is the one we derive strength from. He is the one who can help us through whatever it is that we face. And so we must have Christ-esteem 
self-esteem, not self-esteem. Mm. So if we have Christ confidence, if we have yeah. Christ esteem, then I should be able to get through whatever it is that I'm facing. And therefore, that. self-help goes away, right? It's not about me. It's about something outside of me. Yes. Hold on. I'm just taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's Christ great. esteem. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Not yeah, self-esteem. Right. That is so good. I love that. Oh, man. Okay. I mean, we could talk here for hours and hours, I think. (laughs) I didn't realize that people would be sitting in on our, my little therapy session here, but. You're great. You're great. But you know what I would love to do? And I want to see if you're up for this, but I would love to do a little giveaway of the book. Yeah, let's do it. Let's okay. do it. I'll send you okay. some copies, however many yes. you want. You okay, name it. perfect. And I'm going to do a little giveaway for um, our listeners here today. And um, so one of them can have this book because That's I great. highly recommend it. And I'm going to actually reread it again. That's a high but, compliment. So oh, thank you very much. Well, thank yeah. you. This has been so much fun. I really did enjoy our conversation today. And I, I'm really happy to have you as a guest. Thank you. I love it. I'll do it anytime. We can talk about whatever. So yeah, let's do it again. Let's do it again. I love it. Absolutely. All right. Before we go, I would love it if you could pray for my listeners. Would you mind doing that? Please. 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 Yes, I'd love to. Heavenly Father, holy God in heaven, we know that you are a safeguard to those who fear you and have a right respect of you. Lord, I thank you for the way that you do safeguard us with your favor, not just your protection, not just your security, but your favor, as I think about Psalm 5 and other passages that call out to your favor being upon us and that being our peace. And so, God, I'm, I'm going to pray for each and every person listening to this. I pray that you will meet them in a very special way, that they will have your favor upon them, which includes your presence, but goes far beyond your presence. I pray that your grace and your mercy, even your righteousness, your holiness, all these things will be added to them through their faith in Christ and through the finished and complete work of Christ on the cross and his resurrection. So please strengthen those who are listening. Help them not live in a world of imagination or fear of things that are so less powerful than you, but may they have a right view of you and may that cause them to live a righteous life for you. We love you. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ, our righteous servant, we pray. Amen. Thanks, Josh. Thanks so much. So much fun, right? Who knew that talking about anxiety could be fun? I was literally sitting there taking notes as he was talking. (laughs) Anyways, be sure to check out all the other awesome podcasts here on this channel. Let me know what you're thinking. Follow me on social media. All those will be linked in the description. As you know, I am now doing podcasts every other week rather than weekly podcasts. So there won't be a new one this coming Monday, but there will be a new one the following Monday. All right. Thanks for listening, you guys.